Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. It's good to be back with you. Um, it was a privilege for me and Sarah to have um, a, a sabbatical, some time off. For those of you who don't know, Life Church is made up of five churches that meet across the town. And they're overseen by 10 trustees, who um, are the people that formally employ our staff. And so it was their invitation to take a sabbatical, uh, which is like a, a rest or a break after a period of time. And after a little resistance, really, we did it. But we're really pleased that we did. And it did us good. And me and Sarah would just like to place on record our thanks to the church and to the trustees for allowing us to take that break and uh, it, was, it was restful. I had the privilege of taking Abby and Lois to Israel for a few days. And then we had some family holidays in Spain and also in Spring Harvest France as well, which was really good. Particularly recommend Spring Harvest France to you. It's something that runs all year round. And it's a wonderful combination of um, some ministry um, opportunity in terms of a Bible study and a good youth and children's program. And also a time to rest and to be refreshed as well. So I would recommend that to you if you've never considered that. Spring Harvest France is a great um, family holiday with, with some spiritual input as well, which is great. Then the other thing that happened on my sabbatical, which was unexpected, was my dad went to heaven. And um, dad's been relatively well recently. It was, it was unexpected, but it wasn't a surprise, if I can put it like that. And uh, Dad's uh, had a challenge with his lungs, and then he had a couple of heart attacks. So me and my sisters, we headed to America, we thought, to spend time with Dad. Dad's 80, 80 years old. Um, but um, on the way there, I think it was enough for Dad to know his kids were on the way. I think he relaxed too much. And uh, he passed away peacefully with Jean, his wife with him, and one of Jean's sons as well. Um, my dad was a really important part of this community. I think probably most of you know, knew him. Uh, Life Church has been going for 10 years altogether since we planted at Latchford. And dad was part of the journey for five years. He was with us for five years. He was very much part of Life Church Lim. Probably the highlight for dad, um, we didn't allow him to play, <laughs> to play in the band, but he played the organ once a year at the carol service brilliantly. And um, we, we appreciate that. And uh, this is a picture of my dad. Is it there? There he is. He's on the left. You can't quite see him that well, but you remember it. He's with Howie. So Howie and Eric were called the chairman because they used to put the chairs out to every service that we had. And um, it was my... I buried my dad. I took his funeral on my 52nd birthday. And people kind of asked me at the time, well, how do you feel about that? And I actually felt quite privileged because my dad was the... was the only person alive that had known me for 52 years. My mum went to heaven 20 years ago. My sisters weren't born there. My wife hadn't had the privilege of falling in love with me at that time. And so he, he was the only person on the planet who, was, who had known me for 52 years. And I just felt a privilege on my 52nd birthday to, um, to lead the reflections and the, the sense of real gratefulness that there was. The thing that really struck me about... When I, I wonder, I thought, I wonder how this funeral service is going to go, because obviously we've only he's only lived in America for five years, but I was I was 
amazed at the different things that people said about him. That, you know, men, grown men would come to me and say to me, your dad mentored me and encouraged me for the five years he was here. So Life Church, be encouraged tonight that we were part of Eric's journey for those five years he was amongst us. And this is a, this is a tribute that my sister Esther read at the funeral. I'm, I'm saying these things because it really leads into what I want to share with us this evening. My three words this evening are guard your heart. And I think if there's one thing that Eric Dewhurst had, he had a really good heart, like a really good heart. And I think we can learn from him and be challenged by his life that we too will do all that we can to have a heart from which good things flow. And so this is what Esther, my um, young, one of my younger sisters, there's five Jewish kids all together. Um, this is what she read at the funeral service. She said, our dad loved people and our whole lives we have watched him live for God and live for others. We had a great childhood in London. Our home was fun, open to everyone and all were welcome. At Christmas, we had the shepherd's sermon. At Guy Fawkes, the two big bonfire in the garden for all the neighbours. Last night of the proms with Union Jacks wrapped around us and summers at the seaside in Morecambe where he had grown up. Our dad passed the churches, small ones in mission halls and scout huts and big ones in East Ham, London. Church always kept us busy and was full of fun. We sang whenever he preached, and he always let us paddle our feet in the baptismal water after a baptismal service. My dad loved lots of things. Samolina with food dye and sprinkles on, tomatoes on toast, liver and onion, milk, a romantic movie, and good music. But most of all, he loved us. He loved his children and grandchildren. He loved his wife, Jean, and her children and, and grandchildren. He was our champion and our biggest supporter, our encourager and our prayer warrior. Our dad talked about heaven all of our lives. And although we will miss our dad, we know where he is. We know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, which is far better. Our dad was loved by many and will be remembered by many as a man who loved and served God. The things he taught us about life and God are treasures we keep. His memory will live on in us and in our children. My dad was someone who really, as I observed his life, he was kind to everyone. My dad was someone who... He was consistent in his lifestyle. He had no dodgy behavior. I'm not saying that my dad was perfect, yeah? My dad was not Jesus. Jesus is the only one that lived a perfect life. But from what I saw of my dad, he was consistent and he was also faithful in his relationships. He was faithful to my mum. He gave her that, and our kids that gift of faithfulness. And uh, Eric Dewhurst... He had a healthy heart. His natural heart failed him. Uh, if, on his death certificate, it said that he had coronary heart failure. He had a number of heart attacks. But even though his physical heart failed him, the heart that was him was healthy to the last. 
And the key to, as I, as I reflect upon my dad's life, and now I'm challenged myself as a dad, not quite a grandfather yet, but as a dad, I, I, I understand that the reason why my dad had such a healthy heart was that my dad guarded the environment around his heart for all of those years that he was on the earth. He was careful about what he allowed into the space around his life because we understand that whatever environment is around us will determine what grows in us. What is your heart? Your heart is the seat of your life. Your heart is the core of your person. It's your character, your values, and your will. And it's where your choices come from. And so when Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, and the three words that we're talking about this evening, about guarding your heart, Solomon understood that in in order for a person's choices to reflect the heart and the character of God, the will, the seat of their life, it had to be in a good place. And so in Proverbs 4 verse 23, Solomon writes this proverb and he says these words. He says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. You see, this evening, Life Church, our heart, your heart, will be shaped by different, by different things, different aspects of life. In the world that we live in, our lives are absolutely bombarded with the way that we should think, what we should think about ourselves. Instagram will tell you what you should think about the way that you look. And you, we have a choice whether we take the way that we think about our heart and who we are from Instagram or we have a choice whether we allow God's word to form our heart in such a way as we think about ourselves the way that God sees us rather than what Instagram says the way that we should be. The Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says about you that you are precious, that you are a son and daughter of the king. Now, you won't hear that kind of vocabulary because the world culture will try and shape your heart in a different way. It will try and tell you that you should be a particular person thinking in a particular way. This is what the Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And so this evening, Life Church, we have to be sure that the that we understand that the way we think will form our heart to become what it is. Remember what we said our heart is. Our heart is the seat of our life. It's our will, our character, and our values. Now, if we are are allowing other things in the world, the spirit of this world, what other people say about us, to form the way that we think, then what we, what we find is that our character and our values and our will are not formed by God, but they're, they're formed by another agenda. 
Paul writing to the church at Rome, in Romans he said these words, he says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? Life Church, listen tonight, okay? You need to take responsibility for what you allow your mind to think. Um, in, the book, in, um, in the book of Corinthians, Paul writes this to the church. He says this, he says, Take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Don't allow every thought that you think to have a hook into your heart. There are certain times you need, if thoughts come into your mind, you just need to dismiss them. Thoughts of jealousy, um, thoughts of unforgiveness, thoughts of lust, yeah, thoughts of covetousness, all of those things. Sometimes we just have to say, I am choosing not to think that way. I am not going to think negatively about that person. I'm not going to walk in forgiveness after that person. I choose to think the way that God wants me to think. And every time we make that decision, what happens is your heart and my heart are formed in a way that's honoring to God. We're guarding our heart. We're building a healthy heart. So what's forming your heart and your thoughts this evening? You have a choice to make with the thoughts that you think. We need to make sure that environment around what we think is a good one. So our heart is shaped by what we think. Also, this evening, Life Church, our heart is shaped by what we hear. Jesus said in Mark 4.24, Consider carefully what you hear. Because what we hear, what goes into our ears, our ears are a pathway to our heart. And if we listen to nonsense or lies or discouragement or lies of the enemy, what happens is our heart is formed in a way that's not honoring to God. Be careful who you listen to. Don't just listen to anyone about anything. I, would, I, I, did, um, I went to school in the 1980s, yeah? And uh, we used to do computer programming. And uh, Mr. Arbor was our computer studies teacher. He was quite a character. And Mr. Arbor, he used to teach us two different languages of computer programming. Uh, there was BASIC or there was Pascal. And he would say to us, as um, it wasn't year 10, it was fourth years then, when the school system was the way it used to be. Uh, we were fourth years. And he would say to us in our computer studies class, he would say, listen, if you put garbage in, you'll get garbage out. Gigo, that's what he used to call it. Garbage in, garbage out. If you put, when, you're when you're programming com a computer, if you put nonsense in, you'll get nonsense out. And it's the same in our lives as we, as we live our lives in terms of our heart. If we allow nonsense and garbage into our hearts what will come from it is nonsense and garbage the garbage of gossip if we allow the nonsense of gossip to go into our hearts it will create an unhealthy heart if we allow the seeds of jealousy or envy or unforgiveness to come into our hearts it will cause us to have an unhealthy heart the music that we listen to there's a lot of good music out there. What I'm saying to you tonight is you don't only have to listen to How Great Thou Art and Hillsong music that we sing on a Sunday, yeah? But I'm saying to you, 
be careful about the music. If the music you listen to talks about murder, adultery, it has, it has obscenities in it, I would suggest to you that what you're listening to is not forming your heart in a way that's honouring to God. If you continue to allow those things to come into your heart, okay, don't be surprised if you find that you find it you, you find it a struggle for good things to come from your heart. It's not an easy thing. Because if you put garbage in, you'll get garbage out. Yeah. So our, our hearts are formed by what we think. Our hearts are formed by what we hear. Thirdly, our hearts are formed by what we see. Listen to what Jesus says about the eyes. He says that our eyes give access to our hearts. Jesus says, if your eye causes you to sin tear it out and throw it away. Now, as we look at the New Testament, we don't see an early church walking around for healing because they're blind, because they've ripped their own eyes out. Yeah, we don't see that. But the reason why Jesus says this is he wanted to say to his followers, to us, if we love Jesus tonight, he wanted to say to us and emphasize the point that, listen, yeah, there's loads of amazing things that we can look at as Christians, yeah? There's the glories of creation. There's beautiful things that people create, yeah? To watch a, a good movie or to watch a, a football match. All of those things can be good and healthy on the eyes. But Jesus was also saying, listen, be careful about what you look at. Because if you look at nonsense and rubbish and stuff of compromise what will happen is you will allow those things that you see to form your heart in a particular way. And that's the challenge to us this evening. That what will we, we need to understand that what we think and what we hear and what we see, don't see it as just a negative thing tonight. Don't think, oh, the preacher just said to us, listen you lot, make sure you don't look at this, this and this, yeah? Like, what I'm saying to you tonight is that as followers of Jesus, we have a tremendous opportunity in all of those areas, in what we think, in what we, what we hear and what we see, we have the tremendous opportunity to take all of those wonderful things in life, to think the best, to think creatively, to allow God's word to sink into us, to, to listen to good things that will build us up, to, to allow our eyes to enjoy art, allow our ears to enjoy music. All of those wonderful things, they can be healthy and good. And those things under the Lordship of Christ can cause us to have a healthy heart. That's what God wants us to have. It's not, it's not just a don't do this. It's like, look at all that God has given to us and let's make a decision that whatever is noble, whatever's lovely, whatever's pleasing. If, if those things are good things, then Paul writes, he says, think about those things, yeah? So going back to our text, Solomon says three things. First of all, he reminds us about the priority of our heart. He says, he says these words, he says, above all things. That means if you don't remember anything else the preacher said tonight, remember this, yeah? That's what he's saying. He's saying, like, this is really, really important. That there can be lots of important things in life, but Solomon says, above 
all else. Do this thing so that you can have a healthy heart. I have high blood pressure. God, just take a moment. I have high blood pressure. Well, I don't. Let me tell you why I don't. Because every night, my wife says these words to me. Have you taken your tablet yet? She doesn't speak like that. Every night, I take a little 10 milligram tablet. And I do it every night because I know that if I want to have a healthy heart, above all else, I need to do this thing. I need to take this tablet because it's going to help my blood pressure to stay at a healthy level so that I have a healthy heart. And that's what Solomon is saying. He's saying, listen, you lot, if you want to have a healthy heart, listen to what I'm about to tell you. And the heart is something that Jesus is concerned about. Your heart is. Listen to what Jesus said when people said to him, hey, Jesus, what's the most important commandment in the Old Testament? What does Jesus reply? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, yeah? Your heart is important to him. He wants all your heart. The thing that he doesn't want is a divided heart. He doesn't want your life to be a life of compromise. He wants you to know what it is to experience the joy. Listen, living a compromised Christian life can be miserable. But but in those moments of surrender where we say, Lord... I give you all my heart. For me, they're the most joyful times in my Christian life and my Christian experience. The psalmist says in Psalm 86, give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. So he says, remember the priority of your heart above all else. And then there are three words. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your character, your will, and your values. And how do we guard our hearts this evening? How do you keep a healthy heart? Well, here's a couple of things. This is what the psalmist said in Psalm 119. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Listen, God's word is a great way to guard your heart. As you read the Bible, as you listen to the Bible, as you read books about the Bible that point you towards Jesus, all of that is an antidote. It protects your heart. It builds up protection so that when moments of challenge or discouragement come, your heart is in a healthy place, that the spiritual blood of your life is pumping around your spiritual man or your spiritual woman. So God's word protects our heart. Also, another great way to test your heart is to exercise generosity. Exercise generosity. If you want to know if your heart's in a good place, exercise generosity. A good test of, of, of where your heart is, is your finances. Jesus said, where your treasure is, where your heart is, is maybe to look at your bank statement and just to see where your heart is in terms of your money. If your heart, if your money is all towards yourself, then allow that to be a test of your heart. If there are moments of generosity scattered in your bank statement, that's a good thing. And that's a good reflection of your heart. So there's your money, your time. If you just consume all your time on yourself, I would say that you need to examine your heart because God wants us to be a people that use our time to bless others. And finally, in terms of guarding your heart... 
It's a good thing to allow others to see your heart. This is what Galatians 6 verse 2 says, sharing each other's burdens. What I'm not saying tonight is you, t- you show everyone your heart. You know, those, those intimate details of your life, things about your character or your will that are challenging, maybe struggles that you're having. Okay, don't tell everyone, but it's really good if all of us can just have one or two people around our lives where we, who we're a little bit vulnerable with, and we can just say, look, I'm finding this difficult in my heart at the moment. Will you help me? Will you pray with me? And I believe by doing those things, by consuming God's word, by exercising generosity, by allowing others to see our heart, we can position our heart in such a way that we can guard our heart. So he says, above all else, guard your heart because he says everything you do flows from it, the produce of your heart. My dad, I can't say that he never faked it because I wasn't my dad. I didn't live in his skin. But I would like to say this evening that my dad rarely faked it. Dad was the same dad at home that he was on the platform at church. He He didn't put a facade up. He didn't try and be someone else. And the greatest gift that we can give to our family, our spouse our children, our friends, is healthy spiritual authenticity. That means that we understand that who we are will flow from our heart and will be the product of who we are to others. You can't fake it and be fruitful. And I believe that if you feed your heart with the goodness of God, if you guard your heart if you form your heart carefully by what you think and what you hear and what you see, then what you do is you position your heart to be in the best place so that the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 6 come to pass, where Jesus says these words, a good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart. Whatever's in your heart will just flow from you. I, would, I pray that it will be something that is effortless, that the life of Jesus will flow from your heart as you take responsibility to ensure that your heart is in a good place. And all of us can do this this evening. This isn't about like knowing the Bible really well. It's not about being, being on the journey of following Jesus for 30 years. It's really just about your, the position of your heart before God this evening. And the challenge for us this evening is this, that as we guard our heart, we need to understand it, understand that from it flow springs of life. That's another version of the same verse, yeah? He says, guard your heart, for from it flow springs of life. And my prayer is that we would so guard our hearts form our hearts in a way that's pleasing to God, that literally there would be springs of life that would, that would flow from the hearts that are in front of me. Springs of life that would, that would appear, that would pop up, that would shoot from the, from the heart of your life, from the ground as it were. Because I believe, 
that God wants to take you beyond where you've been before. And I don't, I don't care this evening whether you're 72 or 12. Yeah? There are things that God wants to take you beyond where you've been before. And I believe that the way that we prepare for that, the way that we position our hearts is to be a people that guard our hearts in what we think and what we say and what we hear in order that our lives are landing strips for his will and his kindness to be shown to the world. And I'm excited. I'm excited. I just, I, as I was preparing this message, I was like, Lord, wow. Lord, you've not finished with us yet. And actually, Lord, if we will guard our hearts, if we will allow you and the way that you, what you think about us and we listen and look at the right stuff, that, Lord, our hearts would be formed in such a way that gifts that have never been revealed before would literally spring up, that ministries, that acts of kindness would spring up, that maybe a boldness and a courage that we've not experienced before would spring up, not because we're doing anything fan-dabby-dozy, but just because we're simply guarding our hearts. We're being careful. We're being intentional. We're taking the words of Solomon seriously where he says, listen, above all else, guard your hearts, for from it flow springs of life. And I want the life of Christ to flow from you and me. I literally want, I would love it if we had stories of our lives affecting the environments that we're in because we position and guard our hearts in such a way that we're just so careful and sensitive about what we allow in that what comes out would be healthy. I want us to have a passion for the impossible. This is what William Booth said, and I'll close with this. William Booth, the, foundation, the founder of the Salvation Army, said these words. He said, God loves with a great love the man or woman whose heart is bursting with a passion for the impossible. And Lord, this evening I pray that as each one of us surrenders our heart to you and seeks to live our lives from a place of having an undivided heart, Lord, that we would understand that you again go ahead of your church and you prepare good works in advance for us to do. Lord, you must be so busy because you're always doing that. And Lord, I pray that as you prepare good works in advance for us to do, that we, your people, that we would position and prepare our hearts in such a way that, there's, that it's the most natural thing for the life of Jesus to flow from us. Lord, I pray this evening that you'll show us areas of our hearts where we need to change. Lord, I pray that tonight, if our lives are dominated by habits or lifestyles that cause our hearts to not be in the place that they should be, that, Lord, you'll help us to change those habits and those lifestyles. And, Lord, if there are areas of unforgiveness in our heart this evening, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to forgive and to let go in order that our hearts might position, be positioned in a place where we can be our best for you. And Lord, I pray this evening that you will help us to guard our hearts, that Lord, we'll take that seriously. 
that Lord, in the things that we think and the things that we hear and the things that we say, Lord, Lord, we don't want to live in a place of being paranoid, but we do want to live in a place where we're honoring of you in those areas. And so, Lord, I pray again that you'll search our hearts and that, Lord, we would know what it is to guard and to fortify our hearts that they might be positioned in a strong place. Lord, we look forward to what you do in us and through us over this next season. Let these next couple of weeks, for those who holiday, let them be rich, Lord. May we experience your presence in the rest. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.